0: Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more information, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Well, good to see you here. If you're in the room, welcome. If you're listening or watching online, welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in uh, with us wherever you're at, wherever you're listening from or watching from. Glad you're here with us. So I know you are on pins and needles right now, waiting, anticipating the results of this big event that's going to happen today. Am I right? Am I right? You're just like, you're, I mean, predictions are made, parties are planned. You are just like beyond excited about, I mean, thousands of people, thousands of people are, are gathered as we speak right now in Puntautawney, Pennsylvania <laughs> waiting for this groundhog to come out after its long winter of slumber wondering is is this thing gonna see his shadow and go back into the hole or is it not going to see its shadow and we're going to have spring is right around the corner? So I just want you to know all of the week's preparation and the thoughts that's been around this event, you know, in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Am I even saying that? Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I'm telling you, you, the results are in. All right. So, so just for fun, because you've just built up. I'm, I'm looking for T-shirts to have a groundhog on it. Anybody? Anybody? No? No? Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm surprised by that. So, we want to know. I want you. I want the results are in. So, listen. If you've, if you've recorded it, if you've DVR'd it, listen. I'm sorry. You know, we're going to spoil it for you. We're going to spoil it for you today. So, who who already knows the results? Just I just want Oh my Oh my goodness. Oh my I don't even know if you you're not allowed to vote. You're not allowed to vote. This is like half the room already knows. Half the room already knows. So, you're not allowed to vote. Those of you, those of you who have no idea whether this whether Phil has, has seen his shadow or not, you are voting. How many of you, if you, if you know the results, you don't, don't vote. How many of you think that he, Phil, groundhog Phil, ha- saw his shadow? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you think he saw his shadow, raise your hand. We got a few votes. Few few votes. Keep them up so I can see, just to get, a, get an idea. Okay, okay, okay. All right, put your hand down. How many of you think that he did not, he did not see his shadow? He did not see his shadow. Man, it's, it's close. I think that there's more for those that say he did not see his shadow. Are you ready for the results? Are you ready? I know, you've been on, I know, all week, all week. It's been built up. Predictions. Parties are planned. You're going to have a groundhog party. I know. Are you ready? Here we go. The winner is those of you that said, here's the winner, those of you that said that he did not see his shadow. Yes, give yourself a round of applause everybody. Wow, wow. You many of you knew this already. What are you doing on a Sunday morning? Like you were, I t- I didn't realize the, the hype, the anticipation was just bigger than I thought. So, yeah, so exciting, huh? Yeah. Spring is coming. It's a right around the corner, right? According to our groundhog friends. All right, so, all right. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? It's easy to determine. A winner in life, when it comes to you know, if you play a game, if you play a sports, right? Like t- tonight, there's a football game on. Do you guys know this? There's a football game on. I know uh, this seems like a groundhog crowd, and uh, not so much of a of a football crowd. But there is a game on tonight, and 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 it's going to be easily decided or determined. Not decided, but determined who won the game. We know who won the game based on. The score, right? I mean, the score. They have a, a certain, a lot of time that they have within that, that game. But they're going to know, you're going to know who won the game based on the score. It's easy easy to, to know that. In sports and in gameplay, it's easy to know who won. It's easy to know who won based on, keeping, based on score. But isn't it sometimes challenging in life to know if you're winning or not? Because there isn't a scoreboard. There isn't fans. There isn't people like, you know, there are people that are around you encouraging you and supporting you, but it's hard to be indicate. There isn't a clock that determines, that tells you how much time that you have left in in your life. It's so much harder to know whether we are winning. So my question today is, is, is this. My question today is this. How do we No, how do you know you are winning as a Christ follower? How do you know that you are winning as a as a as a Christian, as a as a as a a, somebody that says, you know what, I'm I've given my life to Jesus and, and I'm gonna follow his ways and I'm gonna live according to his word? And and how how do you know, how do you know you're winning? How do we know as collectively as a as a church, how do we know we are winning? As a church, how do we know? Well, I believe, and, and, and here's the thing here's what you intuitively know. Here's what you intuitively know. You know that it's not about passion, it's not that's gonna always get you the results. It's not about a lack of desire, right? It's not about that. You can't just desire something to have, you know, to to get the results that you want. It's not, you can't, you can can be enthusiastic and passionate about things, but it it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to get you the winning results. We all know that intuitively. It's going to take, it's going to take work on our part, doesn't it? It's going to take effort on our part. Those, you know, those competitors that are playing in this game tonight, they are playing in this game tonight, the biggest football game of their life. Why? Because they, it wasn't because all the other teams, you know, lacked desire. It wasn't because all the other teams didn't want, want to be there. It's because the two teams that are competing tonight for tonight's game, they worked for it. They had goals, they had purposes. They had a, you know, a plan in place to say, you know what? This is our ambition. This is what we're playing for. This is what we want. And I'm telling you, that that's what makes them winners. So it's not about who, you know, it's not about passion so much, and it's not about, you know, enthusiasm so much, as it is about working for the results that you're going for, striving for, having a purpose, having it, you know, have a having a plan in place so that you know. So how do we know, how do you know that you're winning as a Christ follower? And how do we know that we're winning as a church? Well, the apostle Paul writes this letter. He actually wrote a few letters to this church. This church in corinth the church in corinth was um, was a kind of a mess of a church they they really had a hard time getting things together and understanding, you know, what, what the church should look like, what Jesus, being a Jesus follower should look like. And, and so Paul had to write, we, we have two of the letters in, in our New Testament. We have 1 Corinthians and we have 2 Corinthians, but there's even um, evidence to show that there was even a third letter uh, that Paul wrote to them. So you've got to imagine how much of a mess this church was that Paul had to keep writing them letters like, get it together, you know, g- love each other you know get have unity you know strive to you know to be the you know be the light in in your community so paul would write these letters well he gave them what his approach was when it comes to being a winning follower of christ he told them what it looks like to win in this thing called christianity he told them what this looks like to win as a church, as a church, as a collection of people that have different passions and different gifts and, and, and different makeups and different experiences and different backgrounds. He says, listen, I want you to know that together, even though you're all unique and everybody's different and everybody brings different things to the table. He says, I want you to know how you collectively can be a winning Church, and here's what he says. He says, "This is what I do." And so, Paul, for Paul, you know, we always look at his life and think, "Wow, he's the kind of example that I that I want to follow." He's the kind of guy that, man, if there was anybody that was understood what it meant to be a Christ follower, it was the Apostle Paul that understood what it meant. Do you agree, Christian? Do you agree? He, this was a guy that got it. And so he says, "I want you to understand what it is for me that that what it looks like for me as as far as being a winning Christ." Follower, and how to win, and what is our goal as a church. You with me, church? You staying? Okay. So here's what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 19. He says, For though I am free from all men, boy, what a great way to, to say, what, what a great thing to say about yourself. Like, I am free from all men. In, in other words, nobody, nobody controls me. Nobody determines my identity. Nobody manipulates or dictates my emotions. Nobody is going to you know, tell me how I need to be or a w- certain way. Like Nobody is going to you know, have rule over me. He says, I am free. I am free from all men. And he says this. He says, I have made myself a slave to all. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Paul. You just said that you're free from all men. But now you're saying that you made yourself a slave to all? Like, wh- wh- why, why would you do that? What, Paul, you're, you, you're free. Like, you're not going to let anybody dictate or determine, you know, your emotions or your decisions. Like, you're, you're, you're secure in your own skin, Paul. So why would you purposely become a slave or maybe another word, a servant to all and he gives us the answer look what he says so that i may win more he says listen listen i want my life to be someone who is a servant is a slave to all why because when i become less and when i make a conscious decision to lose it gives me more opportunity to win more. Like when I, when I decide, you know what, the people, even though nobody controls me, I'm, 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 my, I'm my own guy, I'm secure in my identity in, in Jesus, I know who I am, I know who God made me to be, I know my purposes, I know why I exist, but I've decided, I've decided just to serve people. I've decided to make my life about others. I've decided that even though though my natural tendency is to make life about us, about me, even though my natural tendency, I'll get to that in a second, is to make life about me, my life, my existence, and who I am in Christ is about serving others. Why? So that I can win more. And he gives us example. He says, he says, um, you know, to the Jews, I became as a Jew. Like Paul, you were already a Jew. I know, but like when I was with Jews, I was like a Jew like when i was like i was like the best jew like it didn't matter like what they were you know i was like man i man when i was like i did the, i did the best at it i was the i strive to be you know to accommodate to 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 a jewish culture you know whatever their traditions was man i was all for that you know whatever their history was like i was all in support of their their history he says i just to the jews i just became like a jew why why would you do that paul well, so that I might win Jews. So that I can win Jews. Like, so that Jews can know that like, I'm like one of them, but I'm also going to serve them. Because I want them to know what I know. I want them to gain what I've gained. I want them to win in life like I've won in life. And the greatest win in life, Paul would say, is to know Jesus personally he says so to the jews i became like a jew i was like the best jew like their history their culture their makeup their background i adapted and i adopted to all of it why because i just wanted to win jews and then he goes on he says i'm not done to the jews i became as a jew so that i might win jews to those who were under the law as the under the law though not being myself under the law so he's like and so this is um, takes some explanation there was jews who had a faith their faith was in was judaism right and their their law was the was the sinai law the law of moses or what we know as the old testament that was the jewish scriptures those were hebrew scriptures those were hebrew laws there was 613 hebrew Laws that they follow, they were required to follow. And so Paul says, you know what I do? Even though I'm not myself under that law, which by the way, by the way, good news, you're not either. (laughs) Even though we're not under that law, you know what Paul would say? You know what I do? I make myself under that law when I'm with them. I make myself under that law. Meaning, let me give you an example. You know what they they what they would oftentimes cause problems in this church in Corinth is um, they the Jews did not like to eat meat, unclean meat. Maybe you've heard this before, right? So, when it came to like eating pig, which by the way, what a sacrifice Paul made. No more ham. No pork? No bacon? Like, he's like, when I'm with them, I don't eat that. I don't eat bacon, I don't eat ham, but you're like, Paul, you, don't, you, you, you can, and Paul's like, I know, but I would rather, you know, follow under their law, even though they know they don't need to stay under that law, they're not under that law anymore, but when I'm with them, I find myself under that law. And so if they are offended that I'm eating bacon, I won't eat bacon. If they're offended that I'm not, that they, you know, they don't want, you know, they, they, they think it's not right to eat meat, I, I'm not going to eat that meat. Even though myself, you say, he said it, he goes, even though myself, I'm not under that law, but when I'm with them, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I don't want to offend them. And if, because if I offend them, I'm not going to have a, the best chance to win If I offend them, let me say this again. If I offend them, I'm not going to have the best chance to win them. And so I just say, I follow the 613 laws. Paul, you don't have to follow the 613 laws. He goes, I do when I'm with them. Because I don't want to offend them. Because what's more important is that I win them. What's more important? is that they know Jesus. That's the most important. He says, why do you do that? So that I might win those who are under the law. He says that. He's like, I, I just want you to know. That here's why I do that. If you're wondering, because I want to win those who are under the law. I want them to know that they don't need to be under that law anymore. I want them to know that they don't need to follow the 613 laws anymore. That they are now there's a new covenant. There's a new new way of living. There's a new standard. And it it's brand new and it's way better. Aren't you glad that we don't follow Old Testament rules around here? I'm telling you, I say this a lot. It would be messy. It would be messy. You would have to come in and bring your your lamb, and I would have to sacrifice it, and there would be blood all over the carpet and the seats. Renfro would want to (laughs) quit, wherever he's at. It would be messy. He says, I I, I don't follow that law, but if I'm with them, I'm going to follow that law. Why? Because I want to win them. I want to win those. He's not done. He says those who are without law, he's talking about Gentiles. He's like those who are without law, as without law, not being, you know, without the law of God, but under the law of Christ. So what is he saying here? He's saying, listen, he says those who, you know, aren't Jews, who are Gentiles, they don't follow the same standards. They don't follow the same rules. As a matter of fact, that was some of the problem within that church in Corinth. They were intermingling Gentiles with Jews. And Gentiles and Jews were trying to figure out how to be you know, one and be unified and be under the umbrella of this new thing, brand new thing called the church. And, and the Gentiles were offending Jews and, and they were, because they were, why? Because they were eating meat in front of them. And Paul told the Gentiles, listen, in order for you to keep the unity, stop eating meat. And the Gentiles would say, well, we have a right to. And Paul would say, I know you have a right to, but what's best is that you don't offend them so that you can win them. But when Paul was like, hey, when I would hang out with the Gentiles, when I would hang out with the people outside of the law, you know what Paul would do? Paul would have his bacon. Paul would eat his ham. Paul would eat his pulled pork. He probably had his own barbecue sauce mix. Just making stuff up now. This is not biblical. But can you imagine? Like he's going, listen, when I'm with these guys, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I... I, I, I'm, like a, I'm like them that are out without the law. He says, what I do, though, he says, I, what I do is I follow underneath the law of Christ. He says, I'm, I'm under that law. I'm under the law of Christ. You say, what's the law of Christ? It's only one rule. And the law of Christ is simply this. And it's our one rule. If you're wondering what Christianity's one rule is, it's just this one rule. You ready? Love another as Christ has loved you that's it Christ said I not 613 I give you one one rule you love one another you love someone as I have loved you and Paul says that's my law he says I'm just gonna love I'm gonna love people just in the same way that Christ has loved me. Why? So that I might win those who are without the law. He says this. He says, I'm not, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to go outside of people. And I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to love them. I'm, not, I'm just going to love them. I'm just going to be there for them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to show them kindness. and I'm going to you know, eat with them. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to be intentional about this relationship that I have with them. Why? Because I want those that are without law, those who are lawless, I want those to just follow in and come under one law, and that is the law of Christ, to love one another as I have loved you, that's it. That's all I want. That's all I'm striving for. That's all this is about. That's all what the church is about. It's just about this one law to love one another. In tonight's game, you know what you're going to see probably on TV? You're going to see somebody hold up a poster, most likely. It's going to have a Bible verse written on it. Does anybody know what Bible verse you think you're going to see on, on, at the tel- on television tonight? What is it? John 3.16, you sports fans here, I love it, sports fans. But you're going to see tonight, you're going to see somebody hold up a poster, and it's going to say John 3.16. What a verse, right? What a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes, not behaves, this is important, not behaves, Not works, not puts an effort in, not goes to church a lot. But those who believe in him will not perish forever, but instead will have everlasting life. What a verse. But you know what's even, I think, a close second, or maybe that's 1A and this is 1B? the next verse look what it says in John 3:17 many of you all of you could quote it with me 16 but 17 for god did not send the son into the world to judge the world you know what we're bad at christians judging you know we're we're terrible at it we think that those that are without the law or outside of the law of Christ, we think we can hold them or should hold them to the same standards that were held to as Christians and we judge them for it. The problem with Christianity is not that people don't know Christians. The problem with Christianity is that people do. Roasted. I just burned you, and you didn't know it. Okay, we all are guilty of this. Jesus didn't come here to be to judge the world. He said, "I came into the world that people might be saved through Him." Jesus came in the world to show grace and kindness and compassion. To not to condemn, I mean, there was a woman that was dragged into the temple courts and caught in the act of adultery, dragged into the temple courts. And the, and the religious folk said, are you going to stone her? That's what our law requires. You know, one out of 613 laws, it requires you to stone her to death. And Jesus writes something on the ground, and they begin walking away one by one, one by one, one by one. And he says, he who's without sin, he who's without sin, let them cast the first stone. Walked away. You know what we forget? We forget that we have two mandates when it comes to the world. Two mandates. We walk in humility. Humility. You are secure, and that's great in your identity in Christ. But you have to remember that you were broken, and you were a sinner, and you needed grace. And when we look at the world, we don't judge the world. We love the world. Why? Because it reminds us uh, to be humble. It reminds us of where we came from. It reminds us that it wasn't because of our behavior or our good deeds or our good works that put us into right standing with God. It is the love of God that puts us in right standing with God. It is the finished work of Jesus on a cross that put us in good standing with God. That's it. We need to be humble. And we need to be a help. Here's what you need to know. People run from people who judge them, but people run to people who love them. People run from people who judge them, but people run to people who love them. Paul says, you want to be a winning follower of Jesus? You love. You don't judge. You love. To the Jews, I was like a good Jew. To those under the law, I was like those that are under the law to those that were outside of the law, without the law, who didn't have the law, were lawless people. I loved them. I loved them. I was humble, and I was helpful. I was humble, and I was helpful. I think those are two mandates for us when it comes to those that are outside the law, those that know, don't know Christ, those that are church. How about be humble, and how about just try to be helpful and i think that you'll show the love he says to the weak excuse me sorry to the weak i became weak whoa whoa whoa. and i'm telling i can't even emphasize what a statement this was in that culture in that culture might was right in that culture, you represented yourself as strong. If you didn't, you were going to be discarded. If you didn't represent yourself with strength and security, you were going to be outcast. You were going to be not given the, you know, the opportunities that other people would give. So you always had to show yourself to be strong. And Paul makes the statement. He says, you know what I do? He says, to the weak, I become weak that I might win the weak. Because it doesn't matter what people think about me. What matters is I'm winning people to Jesus. He says, I have become all things to all men. So that I by all means save some. Listen, that's so important. You're not going to save all. You need to know this. Some of us get discouraged. We stop talking to people about Jesus. We start sharing what Jesus has done for us. We start getting in these cultural battles and these get on our soapboxes, and we think that that's an effective tool for the building of the kingdom of God. And we think, man, I'm not getting the results that I want to get. I'm not. not everybody's coming to church with me. I'm inviting. Not everybody's. I. I, I can't, I'm just. Listen, Paul's saying. Listen, I do this all the time. He says it's my life. It's what I do. It's. It's all that matters to me. And I just. I say some get saved. Some. But not all. So listen, this is not maybe 100% guarantee for you. But our goal, our goal is to win the lost. How do we know that we're a winning church? A winning church is winning the lost. A winning church is winning the lost. A winning church is becoming like however we need to become and, and, and figuring out a way to be Intentional about serving people, about becoming. Even though you're free, you are free. Every one of you, if you know Jesus, you're free. You're free. You're secure. You need to be secure in your identity. You need to be secure in who you are in Christ. You need to be secure with the purposes and the plans that God has for you. But you need to know that in that freedom, you have the ability And you have the liberty to become a servant and a slave to others. That's your co-workers, that's your neighbors, that's your family members, those are your friends. These are the people that God has given you, influence around you. Why? With the purpose of, with the intention of winning the lost. Winning the lost. Paul says, I do all things. For the sake of the gospel, I do all things. Why? So that I may become a fellow partaker of it. And you know what he's saying? You know what he's saying? He's saying this is when he's, when you, when we when you look at the word fellow phrase fellow partaker. He's saying this is what Jesus followers do. This is Christianity is not a solo sport. Christianity is a team sport. Christianity is, I just wanna do all things for the sake of the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Is it still good news to you? Is it still good news to you? Is it still something in your life that you're going, man, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened for me. I was a sinner, and I was broken, and I was lost, and I was was far from God. I was separated from God. I was an enemy of God, but God redeemed me. God bought me with a price. God paid for it all. God traded me and transferred me out of darkness and into his market light and I didn't do anything to earn it and I didn't do anything to deserve it It it's just because of grace that's the gospel that's good news for everyone he says we get to be a part of that we're fellow listen church we're fellow partakers of that we're on the same team for that. And if we're not doing that, we're doing we're going rogue. Because that's what the church is supposed to do. If we're not trying to figure out how to become all things to all men and women so that we can win some, we're just going rogue. And we're not fellow partakers of this team thing called the church. We're being individual selfish people. Living for self. Thinking it's about me. It's about what I get. It's about how people treat me. It's about how how I feel about life and how I walk through life. It's it's self-centeredness. He says, that's not what the church is. We're fellow partakers of it. And everything that I do, if you want to know what it means to be a winning Christian, if you're wanting to know what it means to be a winning Christ follower, it's this. Everything I do, all things, is for the sake of the gospel. All things. A number of years ago, uh, a church that I was at, we thought, Maybe, maybe we just, how about we try something for the sake of the gospel? And so we were going to put on this, we had an evening, Sunday night evening gathering service. And it was Super Bowl Sunday, and so we're like, hey, why don't we have people come to the church, we'll do a big Super Bowl party, we'll have the game on, and at halftime, I'll preach, share the gospel, and then at the second half, watch the game. We put on this event, spent weeks, maybe even months planning it, putting it all together. And it was like of the biggest flop of an event you can ever imagine. As far as attendance was concerned, people didn't want to show up to a church and watch a football game. They'd rather just stay home in their living room, which after thinking about it, I'm like, that was such a bad idea. What a bad idea it was as far as the event was concerned. So we obviously just went on with it. You know, whoever people were there, we just we were gonna watch the game and watch the game, I had some food. At halftime, I preached. And I was like super discouraged. I was like, oh man, this was, what a fail this was. This, is, this just didn't work. Nobody invited anybody. Why would they? Who wants to come to a church and watch a football game? And I just preached my message. And I don't even really know what the message was other than the fact that I just wanted to make sure that I shared the gospel. And after I was done preaching, I asked everybody to stand, bow their heads, and I was just going to lead them in a prayer, lead them in a prayer to, to receive Christ. I, something along the lines of, if, if, if you know you're a sinner, if you realize that you've a, a sin and you fall short of God, that God gave you a gift, a gift of grace, the gift of his son Jesus, that all you have to do is just simply believe in him. When you put your faith in him and you make him the Lord of your life and you are willing to follow in his ways and his will, I'm telling you, then he's going to come and he's going to reside in you and he's going to change you from the inside out. That was just sort of the, the, the message. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm just, gonna, I'm just going through the motions here. This is what I'm thinking in my head. I said, hey, did anybody make that decision? Did anybody receive Jesus as their Savior? I said, if you did, would you mind coming forward? Could you, could, I, would love, I would love to pray with you. One person started walking the aisle. And then a second person. And then a third person. And a fourth person. And a fifth person. Nine people that night came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It was amazing. Nine people gave their life to Jesus. After it was over, one of the Guys at the event that night came up to me. He goes, he's shaking his head. He's like, What happened? And I shake my head too. I go, I have no idea. He goes, The event was terrible. I go, I know. He said, Your message was below average. I said, I know. He was just flabbergasted. And I was too. He goes, but nine people put their faith in Jesus. I said, I know. Aren't we so overrated? He goes, yes, we are so overrated. Listen, that's what it's about. It doesn't matter what I feel or what I think or what I think is successful or not. It's just that God will step in the middle of our lives. And God will knock on the doors of hearts of people that need him. And we live in a world that needs him. and need a savior. And you, you and I have been sent to go and to do all things for the sake of the gospel with the opportunity and the chance to maybe win some. How do we know we're winning as a church? I think it's about those who come to know Jesus. That's how we know that we're winning. Is there anybody here that wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Is there anybody in the room that wants to give their life to Christ? You don't have to stand up. You don't have to walk forward. I I just want to see your hand. If you're here in the room today and you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to help you. I want to introduce you to him. Because it's good news for you. It's good news. Father, we um, we thank you for the opportunity, the privilege that we have to share and to become servants, slaves, for those that we do life with, those that we work with, those that we go to school with, those that we run into, those that, relationships that we have. Lord, we just... Have the opportunity, I hope we do, take the opportunity because that's what the Christian team does. That's what those of us that are fellow partakers of the grace that was extended to us, that we, a, a, a part of what we do is, is that we, we, we share and we love. We don't judge, we love. God, you haven't called us here to judge called us to love. And so Father, I just pray Lord that we realize today what it looks like to be a winning Christ follower. To be a winning church. I pray God, I pray that today that our boldness, that our courage just explodes from us and it only comes from you and I pray Lord that anything that we're apprehensive about any fears that we have any nervousness or any uncertainty that we feel God that all of that is just wiped away removed from us so that we can share the greatest news that is offered for all of humanity. So help us to walk out of here and decide that we're going to be servants, that we're going to serve people with the opportunity and the possibility of winning them because they are lost. We thank you for that message you give us. Encourage each one. I pray, Lord, Lord, that those maybe that are here today that have never, ever received your son, I pray, Lord, that they do that. They do that right here and right now. I pray, Lord, that if they have questions, they know they can come talk to me. They can talk to anybody in this room. And We wanna help them. We wanna help them get to where you are. In Jesus' name, amen.